morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all those that are just that to somebody in your life. If you're a biological mother, if you are a stepmother, if you are somebody who uh, is a mother who adopted their children, if you are a, even say, a man whose wife uh, was a mother and she has passed on, and you try to be that all in all to your child. Yes, this day is for you. This day is for you. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this special day that we set aside to celebrate motherhood in all different capacities. And if I left out uh, anybody that feels like a mother, maybe you take care of your sister. You are a mother. All people that operate in that realm, we praise you, Jesus, for these wonderful people. We love you, Lord, today. Open our hearts up, Jesus. Open our minds up, Lord. And we pray, Jesus, that what is said at this pulpit, Heavenly Father, reflects you. In Jesus' name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, when I was thinking about what I was going to uh, talk about today, Actually, it came to me as I was getting in the car in my garage today to, to come here. And so I didn't really have a big opportunity to write anything down, but that's just how Jesus works with me sometimes. It's at the very last minute, you know. So, But I wanted to talk about uh, my own kids a little bit and how Jesus has uh, helped us. Now... Um, the main thing I think that most mothers can say that they do, most mothers, is you pray for your child, don't you, right? Whatever capacity you are in that child's life, you pray for that child. And, of course, I'm no different. So, you know, through the years I've tried to do just that for my kids. And I just wanted to share with you all um, how I prayed for my daughter and Jesus answered, and I prayed for my son, and Jesus answered. So those are my uh, two stories today. So um, Michelle started kindergarten, and we're going to call it at School A. And uh, she started kindergarten there. She thrived. She did very well. We loved her teacher. She did great. And, of course, you know, I prayed for her, all the different things, uh, Jesus, help her, protect her, guide her. All the prayers that we pray nearly every day for our children. And so this one particular day, as I was praying those prayers um, for my children, um, along with the specific ones as well, I prayed, Jesus, help Jonathan to be all right. Jesus, help Michelle Morgan to be all right. And when I prayed that prayer, about two seconds later, I, hold, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, she's not all right. And as a parent, you're like, oh, 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 what's going on here? And of course, you know, you're very concerned from that moment on. So um, we considered every avenue of her life and we felt like we were being led that it was in school 
So as we asked her questions, um, little first grade girl, and so on and so forth, what Jesus helped us to see was that she was not thriving under her first grade teacher. She simply wasn't. And of course, probably most of us in here can say, you know, when I was in school, I learned better from this teacher over here. They were wonderful. But if I would have, were to take the same subject off of that teacher over there, I would have known a thing. And this is how it was for Michelle. She was not thriving. In fact, her teacher made a comment to my husband and I that um, she was about ready to give up on Michelle. Well, what parent wants to hear that? What parent likes that? We knew we had to get her out of that school. We just did. So we uh, prayed to find out what school she was to go to. And uh, we checked out different schools. And we felt the Lord lead us to school B. And when that child got there, she thrived. That teacher was wonderful. In fact, every year that Michelle was at that school and graduated from that school, that child made the honor roll each and every quarter of the year. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we got her to the right place for her. And um, I just want to praise God for that. Who knows what all was in that prayer and that move uh, to, to school B. But anyway, I'm grateful for that. My son, he came in uh, several weeks ago uh, from out of state. And of course, we're sitting around the table and talking and catching up and all the things that you do and having fun and a meal and so forth. And uh, of course, I had continued to pray all through these years, Jesus, help in this area, help in that area, all the things, and Jesus, keep him safe. Well, he made a comment. He said, I got here safely, and then he went on to share with whatever else he was sharing with us. But when he said, uh, I got here safely, Jesus dealt in my heart. He operated in my heart, kids. That kid could have had a wreck coming. I don't know what could have happened, but when Jesus said, yes, I protected your son coming in, and it's a three-hour drive, you bet I was grateful. There's God in heaven that was looking after my boy, and I'm grateful for it, and I'm thankful for it. Hallelujah. I will always be thankful for that, always. And so I'm grateful that we have a God in heaven that is apparent to us. He is our father. He knows more about us than we do. We know our children like the back of our hand, but guess what? Jesus knows us like the back of his heart. And I love him for it, and I'm grateful for it. And if you don't have Jesus in your life, you need him today. You need to come forward, uh, either physically or if you're watching online, you need to come forward in your heart. You need to boldly go to the throne. And you need to just simply say, Jesus, cleanse me of everything. Cleanse me of 
things I did, said, thought that were not of you. Come into my heart afresh, anew. Cleanse me. Help me to be whole and enable me to walk hand in hand with you all the days of my life. Get me to who all you have. Get me to my calling. Get me to where I'm supposed to be and live. And Jesus, most of all, help me to get to you each and every day. And if you have prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Welcome. We love you. Now get discipled. Get discipled. This is a good place to get discipled. And when you give your money, it's used for the kingdom of God. And we, we're thankful for that. Hallelujah. I'm excited today. Amen. <laughs> Yes, it's interesting. Thank you, honey. It's interesting how the Lord told her that Michelle wasn't all right, and then we found out real quickly why she was picking it up. There was that red flag, and we went out of the school, and we looked at each other and said, we need to get her out of there. Isn't that wonderful how God would speak to her? And my wife prays a lot for her safety, for her children, and so when God tells her that I protected them, God hears your prayer. So don't, don't ever give up on your children, um, no matter what age they are, whatever they're going through. Keep in mind that your child needs to know there's some place they can always go. They, they need a home. They need some place they can always go, no matter how they live their life, if you disagree with how they're living their life, however they work through life, and you see these concerns, you're concerned about things they're doing, they need to know, number one, you love them unconditionally. And they have a home to come to if they ever want help. Because if a parent, let's say a mother, for example, if, um, if it wasn't for the love of a mother in many cases, these, many of our children would not have any hope because they're the example of Christ in their life. And Cynthia, both of us tried to do that with our children, <clears throat> be an example that uh, they have some place to go, that they're always loved, unconditionally. Doesn't mean you support what they're doing and you can't back what they're doing sometimes. But they know the bottom line is if I'm in trouble, I know where to go. They need some place. We have a father to go to, don't we? They, don't, they may not be where you're at spiritually, so they need you to guide them. So, honey, thank you for that. That was absolutely wonderful. <clears throat> this is, of course, Hal Lindsay Appreciation Month. Uh, Hal Lindsey, if you follow him at all, boy, he's a great orator on um, people of faith and revelation and the book of Revelations. Very well-known, famous for his knowledge in these areas. Great teacher, love to watch him on Daystar, but he always wears a flowered shirt every time. I've never seen him, but he didn't. So I thought, well, I'm just going to have, you know, there are guys out there like me that would love to wear a flowered shirt, but you don't have the guts to do it. Well, I'm giving you an opportunity, guys. Les, come on, man. Come through for me next time, okay? <coughs> Les said, I didn't wear my flower shirt today. That's what he told me this morning. Uh, but my son keeps wanting me to wear my flower shirts. And what he told me one time that I did not know was that my generation, the way men dress, are flower shirts, cargo pants, and New Balance shoes. And wouldn't you know it, I was doing all of them. I was, man, he caught me good. I'm going, that's me. 
And I said, I'm not a conformist. So I put all my flowered shirts away. I got my cargo pants. I don't wear them anymore. And my new balance was sitting on the shelf. I refuse to conform. So my wife is trying to teach me how to dress now. In her father's generation, and I told people, I said, when I get older, please don't let me, don't let me leave the house like that. Her father's generation. I don't know if you remember them, but they wore the plaid shorts, okay, plaid shorts, dress shoes, and, and, and dress socks, dark socks. Yeah, that was, that was it. And the hat and the button-up shirt tucked in with the belt. That, I said, please don't let me leave the house like that when I get older. Well, my generation did it differently. I found myself following my generation. And so I decided I'm not going to conform. So uh, this is that one month that I'm letting things out of the bag. My son got a hold of me the other day and said, Dad, did you really think that you were going to get away wearing a, my favorite flowered shirt without me finding out about it? <laughs> so I said, LOL. I said, Keep in, keep in touch because you'll see other flowered shirts the rest of the month. So that's what we're doing. So I encourage all you men that are gutless and don't have, <laughs> you can wear your flowered shirts this month in church, okay? And so um, we, need our, we need our liberties, don't we? Uh, we are on Paying It Forward, part 12. And uh, the reason why it's going a little longer is because there's such significance in what God has already done and what he's already prepared for us. He's made a way. And I'm going to give you some interesting scripture today on just what, how that's confirmed in the Word of God, okay? Throughout the chapter, uh, 22nd chapter of Genesis, we have the story of Abraham offering up Isaac. And there's other characters we'll talk about as well. What did God do to pay forward for Abraham? When he took his son up to offer him, God had already given a promise that his uh, offspring would be like the stars in the sky and the sand in the desert. Now, he used stars and sand, as I mentioned before, because that's what Adam could re- uh, Abraham could relate to. So God will do the same with you. If he's trying to get a word across to you, this is really good, folks. If he wants to get a word to you, he'll find a way that you relate whether it's fishing because you're a fisherman or whether it's your accountant, there'll be numbers. God will find some way to identify with you in the world you live to get through to you. And it's so wonderful because that's what he did with Abraham, first named Abram. So when he went to offer up his son, knowing, in fact, if you'll read the word, it says, he said to the ones at the bottom of the mountain, he said, we'll return, we'll be back. Okay, so Somehow, even though he had to obey God, he knew God was going to deliver. Somehow, raise his son from the dead, do something. Well, what did God do? He prepaid ahead of time. He bought him a ram. (laughs) He purchased Abraham a ram and put him in a thicket where he could get him easily. See, God doesn't make it hard. God doesn't make his will hard for you to find out or to do. Now, resisting the flesh, that's where the battle's at. Folks, there's not a battle in doing God's will. There really isn't. We think, oh, I'm so afraid if I give God my life, he's going to send me to Africa in a little hut. That's our first thought. I'm God, well, God's not going to send you someplace where you're not called and where your heart is not at. Let me give you a quick example. One of the best jobs I ever had was working at Praise 101 and WSCW and radio. I was working at a drive through 
between jobs to help pay the bills. And people started commenting on my voice. I mean, funny stuff, just really hilarious stuff. Um, and they would say things to me like, oh, you sound like the guy at Disney that introduces stuff, or you sound like when the pilot announces where we're flying. You sound like these guys. And I kept hearing things like this. So one day, I had two, two buttons on my belt. One was for in-house with the staff, and one was the speaker outside. So I thought I'd have a little fun. So I looked out the window, and there was no cars out there, right? So I hit the button, and I said, I said, we are now flying at 30,000 feet. If you look down over your right, you'll see the Swiss Alps. And I went through this whole thing. Ding, ding, which means I got a car. I said, welcome to McDonald's. May I take your orders, please? Do you know you guys pick up planes on this thing? True story. They actually thought that somehow our speakers had intercepted. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny, personally. Anyway, that got me into radio. And so it was my favorite job that I've ever had as radio. I've done a number of things, but that was my favorite job. Well, now, coming full circle, God has made it very clear that I was to leave teaching, retire from teaching. I don't, I'll never retire. I don't, want, I don't like that word at all. Um, but I would be uh, going into the ministry. So I came here. Uh, John, God had already shown me that John was my mentor when my mentor had passed away. See, everyone needs a mentor. You need an accountability partner. Every one of us need one. If you don't have one, find some. Humble yourself. You're not the best thing since bread, okay? Humble yourself. Get under somebody. Make yourself accountable to somebody. It will bless your life. So God, John already showed me that. God had shown me that John was my, and it's a wonderful story behind that. I'd love to share it again sometime. But I was, uh, God showed me that he was my, my uh, mentor. So when we left that to go into the ministry, John just immediately took me under his wing and allowed me to come here, my wife and I, <coughs> to come here to learn, to study, to grow, but to also fulfill our purpose for being here, which is what I'm standing here right now for. So I began to, uh, and, go, and, and you know, really immerse myself in the church here <coughs> and all that God wanted me to do, the best of my knowledge, I'm doing writing now and things and things I feel like God has talked to me about. Well, now we have what? What do we have here, folks? We have an online radio station. So guess what I get to do again? My favorite job. I get, the, I get to say W. Because when ready, you learn how to say, don't say W, say W. So uh, here we are doing, John and Christy and I, all three of us, formerly all of us in radio, Christy the pr professional, we try to follow the best we can in her steps. She's just amazing. Um, and so God put us together, Christy and Cynthia just seen the mesh, and John and I seen the mesh when he's nice to me. And, and they are rare moments, but we work through them. I, I, I digress. Anyway, so John and I do a program. We talked years ago about doing a program called the Mort, uh, John John Show. And so we do now a John John Show during the weekday. And then we do all these radio things. We do all this music, and it's just the thing I love to do. What am I saying? Is that obey God and leave the consequences, leave all the evidence, everything, leave it all to Him. He has the best for you. So what does God do? 
If you obey him, if you'll do his will, he'll have you doing the thing you love the most. Because your heart is now after God. Let me say that again. Your heart is now after God. Therefore, like a good parent, he's going to guide you into that. Do you think God enjoys pleasing his children? The Bible tells us very clearly that he does. And he tells us, I have the best for you. If you give him your dreams, whatever he has for you is better than that. And you will store up treasures in heaven. Wow, it's just amazing. So I encourage all of us, don't be afraid to obey God. Don't be afraid of what he might take you to. Because I promise you that he has thrills, romance, and adventure for every one of you. And you know what? My wife and I are just getting started. We're just getting started. I don't accept things that attack my body. I will not accept it. I don't care how long. I won't accept it. I will not. Did you hear me? I will not accept it. I turn off commercials. I change them. I rebuke them and everything else that talks about, well, when you get to this age, this is going to. I rebuke that. I don't accept that. That is not God's plan for my life. Do you know he wants you healthy? You know why? Because now you can do more for him. He wants you well off financially. Why? So you have more to give. He wants you to be a giver. And he wants you to be healthy enough to carry the money around to help people. You know, if you're sick in bed, you can still work for God. But is it not limited? Do you think God gets pleasure? There are some people even today that believe that God puts sickness on you to teach you something. No. That's a lie of the devil. God will never put sickness on you. He will never put things in your path. Well, does he want us to humble ourselves before him? Absolutely. That's your job. But then once you do that, then he'll take you through a breaking process. And what's the breaking to do? It's to get self completely out of the way so that he can have completely his way. I started working on a trilogy of books years ago. and It's been an adventure, I must say. And I said this to God, God, I want you to have such, such control over these books, such control that when they're finished, there'll be no, listen to me, there'll be no limitations of what you can do. Because I believe, methinks, that seldom has God ever gotten a hold of a person and had his perfect will done in their life. Seldom, if ever. We got to get out of the way. We got to get, listen, I cannot have an agenda. I can't have one. When I'm here, I try to listen and do what I'm told and follow and hear God's voice in every way that I can and let God look at every nook and cranny in my life. There is absolutely nothing in my life. Now, I can't hide anything from God anyway, but sometimes we think we can. But, folks, I, get, I want him to have every nook and cranny of my life so that he can talk to me and say, okay, now that you give me permission, there's something I want to share with you. There's something I want to teach you and tell you. Because I created you for a purpose, let's go. Let's get there. Are any of you all tired of doing half of God's will? Are any of you tired of not knowing God's will in something? Are any of you tired of just being the average churchgoer? I am, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. I don't want it anymore. 
I don't want to be an average Christian that just hopes instead of lives with a hope. So God gives us names. Now, God changed Abraham's name. God changed from Abram to Abraham, Isaac's name to Israel, and your name. So what does that mean? Has God just changed his mind? He's like, no, 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 I want you to be, no, I want to be, let's try Abraham today. No, no. It was all plan, part of God's plan. God gives, listen, God gives you a name to match your calling. Now, I realize that I've, Cynthia and I, we, we tell, we're teachers. I can tell you right now, we get some really goofy names. We get some really crazy stuff. Now, I'm not saying this to be denigrating because the children have nothing to do with this. I know two children that are named after Jello. It's the truth. One of them they call orange. They just shorten it to orange. So orangelo, lemongelo. Lemon and orange jello. That's the truth. That's, now, I'm not saying God doesn't want to use that child. Great things are in store for that child if they obey God, no matter what name they're given. But I'm telling you, pray over your children's names. Seek him because names mean something. Abraham means uh, father of many, which is what he was doing through his son Isaac. Jacob, his, nickname, his name became God prevails. You know, he wrestled with the angel. I talked about this. My name, John, means God is gracious, gifted. My sister got me a cup, and I forgot it again today. I thought of it last night. Where it describes what John means, you know what one of the things it says? Artistic. What was I? An art teacher. Folks, it means something. It means something. So be, be sensitive to that as you name your kids if you're out there listening and are looking at a name right now. It could be right now you're thinking, God, you're trying to help me because I'm getting ready to name my child and I'm hearing this and I need to pray about this. So God provided a ram for Abraham, for his son. And so they came back off the, off the mountain. Now, Abraham also had a child through a bondservant. And that's created a Muslim race. And the Bible told us, in the Scripture tells us that there will forever be friction between the Jews and the Muslims. And we see that today, don't we? So there are consequences for everything we do. You cannot be burned out unless you, if you've never been on fire. People think that, well, I'm just so burned out over this, my, my church and this and that. No, if you've never been on fire, folks, you'll never burn, you, you've, never, you've never been burned out. What we need to do is try to get on fire and, and stop pulling back from being all God, all God has called us to be. We know that without faith it's impossible to please Him. <clears throat> now, what does that mean in the context of this? God has paid for it, everything He wants you to have, but if you don't operate in faith, none of that is going to come to fruition. He says, it's impossible to please me without faith. You can do all kinds of things with your life. You can pray. <coughs> you can fast. You can teach Sunday school. You can teach a connect group like this. You can do all kinds of things. But if we don't do it in faith, it's zero. Zero. He said it's impossible to please him without faith. And sometimes we don't grasp that, folks. We walk around doing all kinds of things, and we never think about operating in faith because faith gives us a sense of vulnerability. Oh, if I do this by faith, 
Now, folks, I had an article uh, when I was teaching. I had an article written about, about me. It was, and the title of the article was Blind Faith. Now, that was the, the writer's way of telling my story. But I don't like that expression. You and I do not walk with blind faith. We have the leading of the Holy Spirit. We have the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our life. You and I do not do anything blindly. We walk by faith, which means we walk by insight and guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Why do you think Jesus sent His Son? Why, did Jesus, why do you think Jesus sent the Holy Spirit? So He could do greater things through the Holy Spirit. So we need to know that God has called us to minister, but it's all orchestrated, folks. We don't walk randomly through this life. If you are attached to Jesus Christ, if you've given me in your heart, if you're walking by faith and you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and He gives you a prayer language and you begin to walk closer and closer, nothing you do is accident. God works. Do we all agree that so many times God uses us? It's providential. We've allowed ourselves to be used, so He takes control, and He works out things that we could never worked out. Meeting someone at a certain time, running into someone at a certain place, and it was critical. Or saying, saying something or giving your testimony that operates with someone that they needed right then. Maybe getting ready to take their life. God providentially works through our submission. He doesn't force Himself on us. The Holy Spirit will not force Himself. Now, will God try to get your attention when you're about ready to go over the edge? He said, if you make your bed in hell, I'll be there. What do you mean, I'll be there? It doesn't mean He's just standing around. It means I'm ministering to you. I'm speaking to you. I'm trying to reach you up to the very end. I know someone that passed away that, oh, they had mentioned in the obituary saying, a proud atheist and humanist. And they said he went peacefully. I'm praying. Well, I don't know how I can pray in the, in, in the rear like that, but my heart is that during that time of peace before he went, that God said something to him. We know that God speaks to people in comas because they, they come back and tell you what they've heard. So we know that people can hear you when they're in comas. Talk to them. God could very easily, because God desires that none perish, He could very easily reach out to that young man and say his name. I won't say his name. Say his name. And, and he may give his heart to Jesus. Look at the thief on the cross. Is that a good example? <laughs> do you know how close? To, do, Gary, do you know how close that man came to missing it? He was already hanging between heaven and earth. The Bible tells us that both the men ridiculed Jesus. Both of them did. The one changed his mind, the other one didn't. The one who changed his mind, Jesus said, he said, remember me. Well, that's not a traditional sinner prayer, is it? How could he be saved? He didn't say, Lord, come into my heart, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. He didn't say all that. How could he be saved? He just said, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, and what did Jesus say? This day. This day you'll be with me in paradise. That's as close as it gets, folks. When you're hanging between heaven and earth, and he says this day. 
Does that give you encouragement that, that <clears throat> don't give up on people? That, we don't know, but that man that made it to heaven could have had a praying mother. Right? Maybe the other one that didn't make it came from a dysfunctional family that had a lot of hate and bitterness. We don't know why those two men went different directions. They were both guilty. They were both guilty of why they were hanging there. Jesus wasn't. Yet he's the one. He wanted to save both of them. But he, Jesus is going to make you. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear, anger, and greed are all the opposite of faith. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> one produces another. So when you say it's impossible to please God without faith, why, is that say, why does it say that? Because without faith, you open the door to other things. So without faith, you now open the door to fear. Just like that. What are some of the byproducts of fear? Anger, resentment, and greed. Have you ever met a bitter person? As I mentioned maybe last week or during a week program, I said it amazes me that there are atheists that are angry at God. I don't get that one. I mean, if you're an atheist, how could you see deep down inside they know there's a God? Do you realize there's not a person that's ever lived that doesn't know deep down inside there's a God? Because they were created by God with a void that only He can fill. Everybody. You can get as mad as you want. You can stall and shook his fists at God before He died. So, faith helps to close the door to all these awful things that want to replace a fear, anger, resentment. And it all goes into other areas. It just continues to grow into self-centeredness and all these things and bitterness and anger and hate. All because there's no faith. The one thing that will shut the door on all these things is faith. That's why it's so critical. And so when you believe in faith, you can lose your faith. It can decrease. The man that wanted to see his son healed believed that the, the disciples could heal him. They couldn't do it. So he went to Jesus and Jesus said, he said, he said to Jesus, if you can. What happened? He lost some of his faith when he saw the disciples couldn't do it. <clears throat> so he said to Jesus, if you can. Jesus said, I believe. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Do you see, unbelief is the beginning of fear. That's where it starts. <clears throat> we must resist it, folks. We must resist these things that want to challenge our faith. Folks, our faith needs to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Our vision needs to get greater and greater and greater. Then our results become greater. God has called you and I to move mountains. <clears throat> He's called you and I to stand against the devil toe to toe. You and I have that authority in us. He wants us to be victorious in everything we do. If we begin to walk in our faith, act out what we already believe, act it out, God will invest in our faith. He'll invest in the act of faith. Folks, God is waiting for you and me. 
We are not waiting on him. See, that's the problem we miss. We say, oh, Lord, would you come down and be with us? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, would you send revival? I desire that none should perish. Folks, there's not a thing you pray that he's not already saying, well, let's do it. Let's get her done. But then we are challenged with, are we willing to pay the price? Now, don't take me wrong when I say that. When I say pay the price, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. That's all he's asking you to do. Deny yourself, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus said that himself. Did Jesus have a will? Yeah. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. But nonetheless, nonetheless, do you say that much? Do you get in turmoil? Do you get in situations and struggles and you say, nonetheless, I'll do God's will? Do you do that? Are you in a struggle right now where God is waiting for you to say, nonetheless, that will be done? That's what Jesus said. Jesus, in other words, Jesus said, I don't care what it costs me, not my will but yours. Do you do it? Are you willing? See, that's what the struggle was, and I've mentioned this before. He said, take up your cross and follow me. A cross can be very heavy, and it can throw you off balance. But if you lean into the weight of the cross, <coughs> if you lean into that weight, you'll maintain your balance. You can't hold the weight over here and try to walk. You've got to completely put it on you. You've got to completely invest in the weight and say, this is what I'm taking with me. I'm not going anywhere without it. God's will be done, not mine. So God releases his, his, uh, his word to us. God, the, God's got so many things he wants to tell you. Do you know that? There are so many things he wants you to know. Man, he'll give you revelation. He'll give you word of knowledge. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll, he'll give you the desires that you need to fulfill his calling. Jehovah Jireh. Thank you. <clears throat> Jehovah Jireh. You know what it means? I love this. God who sees ahead. God who sees ahead and provides. Wow. Jehovah Jireh means God who sees ahead and will provide. That tells me nothing's going to sneak up on me. And didn't he say that when he said put on the armor? He said, I'll have your rear guard if your righteousness will go first. Folks, it's a daily decision. You will decide everything. Did you realize that? There is nothing to chance or random in your life. You will decide everything. Now, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. If you go back a little bit, it says also the sunshine. What, do, what two things do we desperately need for something to grow? Rain and sunshine. God will provide everything we need to grow. If we will simply do his will and not our own, because he will see ahead for us, and he'll provide, and I'll take care of your rear God, he said. God is always a step ahead of our faith. <clears throat> You'll not catch him off guard. He'll not be surprised. He's not mad at you. He's not shocked at anything. <clears throat> now listen to this. Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 3. Now this is not to be confused with a, a tobacco factory, okay? 
Habakkuk. Yeah, I chewed a little of that when I was younger. But in the New King James Version, listen to this. <clears throat> for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Wow. It will not tarry. In other words, we may need to wait, but it won't be late. God is never late. Never. <clears throat> Waiting is not an indication that God is late. See, God's constantly waiting for us to catch up with Him so we can walk beside Him. See, God leads. But if you're willing to submit and carry the same cross He did, now you can walk beside Him. Now you can have the mind of Christ and hear what He hears because you're walking beside Him. Is that awesome? God wants you to be a co-worker. God wants you to be a co-worker. <clears throat> he didn't want you left out of anything. I'll read that one more time. Habakkuk 2.3. For, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. In other words, we may need to wait, but it doesn't mean it's late. Isaiah 60, verse 22 from the NLT, New Living Translation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Folks, he's not going to fail you. You're not going to be caught stranded anywhere doing anything. Now, <clears throat> will the circumstances of this world, will the screams of the people of this world, will things <clears throat> try to affect you? Yeah, that's why we need to pray, because we got people out there driving and drinking and killing people. Is that God's plan? No. <clears throat> Do you see the importance of wanting close to Him so He can say, don't go today? I remember a man of God was headed up to Canada, and another man of God said, the Lord tells me, if you go, you will die in a car wreck. Do I need to read that again? Habakkuk, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. If his vision is for an appointed time, do you think maybe your obedience is scheduled as well for an appointed time? Because God wants to meet with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. And while we're at it, why don't we just heal some people and encourage people and see people saved that are lost? How about it? Jesus planted 12 seeds and produced disciples. As with this parable, sowing of the seed, every seed is good. Every good seed comes from God. Every bad seed comes from sin. Let me say that again. Every good seed comes from God. He's good all the time. All the time he's good. But anything bad that comes out of our life that, produce, that will produce seeds, look at your offspring. 
uh, many times, not always that case, because they have a, they're free moral agents. But those come from the act of sin. Let's stop sinning. How about it? Let's stop sinning. Now, you say, well, I'm not perfect. I'm talking about practicing. Let's stop practicing sin. That's premeditated. You cannot sin without first thinking it. You cannot sin without first embellishing the thought instead of resisting. Folks, resist the thoughts, and they'll flee. But if you linger and meditate on a thought, it will produce sin, and that will produce bad seed. Father, thank you for the privilege of being together. For you have blessed us, and you're ready to bless us over and over again. We thank you. We praise you. Help us, Lord, to make a step today that draws us closer to you, that does more your will this week than we did last week. Lord, help us to embrace you, the Word of God, to follow. We can't follow your promises if we don't know them, Lord. Help us to know the Word, to hide the Word in our heart. Help us, Father, to be ready at any given moment to be on duty. To, be a, to receive our assignment for that moment, not just that day, but for that moment. Help us, Lord. May we choose you today. May we pass the blessings on to others. May we be a good seed, producing good seed. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for the privilege. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please hit like and share. I really appreciate it if you do that. Like and share so we can get this word out to many people. You're passing seed on. It's ministry. It's missionary work when you do that. It's really simple. Just hit like and share. And stay tuned. Next week, we'll continue on with uh, uh, Paying It Forward Part 13. Thank you so much.